0: Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Small Biz Gone Viral, a podcast created by a small business owner for small business owners to hear that they are not alone. I'm your host, Grant LeBeau. COVID has been really hard on small businesses, and unless you're in a country that rhymes with New Schmidland, the end is nowhere near. So it's important to share stories of hardship and to hear how other small business owners are adapting, maybe pivoting, surviving, and at least eventually thriving. The two easy buckets to put businesses and industries into are COVID winners, think Amazon, and COVID losers, think Carnival Cruises. Most of my guests, myself included, over the prior 21 episodes have been quote-unquote COVID losers, meaning the pandemic has negatively impacted their pre-COVID business model, often leaving them scrambling to reconstruct a meaningful revenue stream and dipping deeper and deeper into that rainy day fund. Refreshingly, today's guest, Lisa Green, is actually a COVID winner. Her online dance classes were positioned to thrive, just waiting for that captive audience. Now, before we get to Lisa, I've got a fun fact followed by some facts and figures. Yay! Today's fun fact is a misnomer, as it's not fun at all. I try, but the world just doesn't seem too fun lately. Anyway, today's facts are all relative. The US, with only 4% of the world population, has 20% of its COVID-related deaths. Sunlight being the best disinfectant, I'm hoping that maybe if we know more, we'll do more. So bottom line, do your part, wear a mask, social distance, and of course, try to support your local small businesses. Time now for a little quantitative insight into public health and the economy, a segment we do every show, facts and figures. No news is… bad news. The US really hasn't seen much of a change in COVID stats over the past month, mortality and infection rates remain relatively steady, which just does not bode well with the winter months right around the corner, and with them, more time indoors. Jobs numbers, still historically terrible with over 824,000 new unemployment filings last week. The total number of people filing did go down by 1%, which I suppose is good news, though at that rate it would be 5-6 to years before we saw a return to pre-pandemic employment rates. Currently, 25 million or 1 in 7 workers have been either temporarily or permanently displaced. Perhaps that reality of long-term unemployment is setting in because the stock market saw its fourth straight week of declines, including even the heroes of the pandemic, Tesla, Amazon, and Apple, all three of which are down around 10% in the last 30 days. But I promised you a COVID winner, an uplifting story, finally. So with that, let's get to our interview. Today's guest is Lisa Green, a dancing fitness yogini who loves skincare, makeup, hair care, and overall wellness. As a female biracial entrepreneur, Lisa strives to provide wellness to everyone in the form of physical fitness, mental health, and emotional health via her now exclusively online dance classes. The mix of methods, dance, yoga, fitness, and wellness is her focus, hence the name of her online dance business, The Mix Technique. Finally, a bit of good news. Lisa, thanks so much for being here.
1: Yay, thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, I'm, I said this a little bit in the intro, but I'm super excited to have you here uh, because I feel like this show's been a bit of a downer, and oh. that's that's sort of what it's designed to be, is right? It's to be like an audio shoulder for other small business owners who are having a hard time to cry on. Right. But I'm excited to have you because I feel like you were actually positioned to uh, to succeed right away <laughs> um, to be to be a quote unquote COVID winner, if there is such a thing. Yeah. So to start things off just go ahead and tell us about you and how you got to be the superstar dance instructor that you are.
1: (laughs) Well, um, my mom started me in dance when I was two years old and I think she just started me there because she'd always wanted to dance and probably wanted a place for me to put my energy, to be honest, and I just never stopped. So I've just been obsessed with it since the first class, I think. And uh I mean, I was in like competitions, and I went to studios, I was in companies, and just I was just that's all I talked about. And in high school, people knew me as you know, Lisa the dancer, because I was always talking about dance. So it just kind of that's how I was set up.
0: <laughs> yeah, Luckily, I yeah. loved
1: it, you know, so. That's
0: true. Yeah. You weren't, you were in a childhood superstar and then burnout because (laughs) that's all you did. Yeah. You lived and breathed it and you actually enjoyed it. It wasn't just mom pushing you.
1: Yeah. And so I just, whenever something has come into my life, like dance or later on, like yoga, um, and then fitness, it just is something that I want to share with everyone. So I also, and I don't even know how, but at a young age, I became kind of obsessed with like, okay, well, how can this also be profitable? And really? once I could once I could figure that out, then I kind of ran with it. So yeah, Lisa, and I don't you, know- <laughs> you just you
0: just got me even more excited about this interview.
1: <laughs> I don't know how that started, but that yeah, that's I feel like what the backbone of. Just kind of how I've stayed in this so long, how that's so, kind of been.
0: But you, you went to college as a psych major. How did right. you? How did you end up? You and then, and then you had a brick and mortar studio. How did that happen? Right.
1: So I started. Um, I'd always been dancing, and I really wanted to pursue dance. But I always also felt that I needed to have. The degree and just kind of like, I don't know, I felt like if I said I was I had a dance major that people and people did actually do. That's probably why would be like would scoff and be like, what are you going to do with that? You know, but I did. I did hear that several times. But um, before I decided to change my major to dance, I was a psych major because I really wanted to help people with whatever issues they were having whether it was self-esteem or just not feeling like they were good enough to do something cuz even as a trainer i hear people say to me that you know they can't lose weight because they think that they're stuck at this or what have you and and i know that that breaks down to you know a psychological level as well right so for me i really wanted to help people with that and um I also felt this like, like I wasn't honoring myself if I didn't pursue dance further. Like I I felt like I would be sad essentially if I was a psychologist who like took classes on the weekends, which there's nothing wrong with. But for me, like having done it for so long, I just felt like I would be sad if I denied that for me. So
0: essentially you, you almost tried to do what Society says to do, which <laughs> right. is like grow up, Peter Pan. Yeah, you
1: can't go get forever. go get a real
0: degree. Yep, and exactly. you were like, you know what? Actually, I don't want to grow up. I'm gonna yeah. stay in Never Neverland, and I'm gonna find a way to professionalize it and actually right. make and and yeah, right. So you so you come out of school and you end up starting a brick and mortar.
1: Mm-hmm. And um, you know, it was just me for a while, like. Uh, I had a really great mentor who told me that when you start off, it's going to be you doing everything. So you can't go into it thinking that you're going to have employees all of a sudden, that you're going to have like someone else doing this. Like you're doing, you're the janitor, you're the accountant, you're the, you know, you're the teacher, you're the front desk, you're everybody. So I already knew that because I was learning from this, studio owner who was amazing and taught me a lot of things. So for a couple of years, it was just me teaching all of my classes, (laughs) doing all of the marketing. You know, sometimes people ask me if I had a a degree in business, and I didn't. I really just was fortunate to work with a lot of small business owners. Mm -hmm. And I took what I could from them, from that experience, each job that I had. Gotcha. Yeah, so from there, I had the brick and mortar. And um, it's crazy because... For the first couple of years, it was just me doing everything. And then when I started to like hire independent contractors and beef up my schedule with more of these really amazing teachers locally, then I got this email <laughs> about how um, they had plans for my space and that I had 60 days and I had no backup plan at that point because I wasn't thinking that I was not going to be there and I you know my I figured my lease would be continued and and the thing that was so like jarring about that email was um, the plans for my space part because because I had basically taken that space from dirt and like fixed it up it was empty for a year before I moved in so there was you know it was just it was a shit show before I had moved in and so now it was this Beautiful studio space, like really, just peaceful Zen. I put all of my design effort into it, and then to know that they had ideas for my space, of course, it was like a friend of theirs that they wanted to move into that location um, was just like a Ugh.
0: right. So basically, they're like, "Hey, thanks for fixing it up and yeah. turning this into like a really presentable space. It's totally exactly. worth a lot more now because yeah. of you." Yeah. Uh, goodbye.
1: Yeah. Yep.
0: So, basically, because of some not so great circumstances, you ended up leaving the brick and mortar space, yeah. uh, which must have been difficult because I'm sure you had, well, I mean, like not even because of you of like of the business that you had built and grown, but also because you had these relationships, I'm sure, with like your right. with your students and clients or, yeah and and how how were you able to maintain those at all?
1: Um, I was able to maintain some. Um, a lot of them. What was hard was that in that particular area there wasn't any yoga. There wasn't like a dance, fitness type of studio.
0: And this and this was in 2013.
1: Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, the studio I opened it in 2009, and 2013 was when I got the email. <laughs> and the um, email. The email. Like I remember, and and I. I I tend to, um, come from like a comedy standpoint. So me laughing is not, it, it's not at all like the pain that I felt like it was literally like a death for me. I remember like reading the email and laying down on the floor in the fetal position. Like, I don't know what, like I had no plan. I really had no backup plan. I wasn't looking at other spaces. Cause why, like, why would I be, you know? Right we were st- and i remember it was the beginning of the year so i think it was february and so you know beginning of the year new things that we're going to try i'm super excited for what this year is going to entail and then dun 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 right so um
0: yeah and and i feel like just to jump in i feel like in econ like in, in econ classes you you talk about like the f- the free market as being this really wonderful, uh, well-greased, well-oiled machine where inefficiencies are are (laughs) found and eliminated right away. But what is kind of glossed right over is that it's really, really difficult to take an established anything and move it physically somewhere. And I guess like the way that I can relate is when we were given 30 days with our co-packer, the person who manufactures our energy bars, Mm -hmm. that is like something that usually takes like six months or a year to find a new partner. And I would imagine that it's probably very similar when you're trying to find a space to teach Basically, to teach physical creative movement, right? Right. Whether it's you know yoga or dance or a combination of the two, yeah, it's really really difficult because like like what you're saying, you were the only, you were the only space doing what you were doing in that community,
1: right? Yeah.
0: So so I usually say fast forward. So rewind back to 2013. (laughs) So you end up basically taking your talents not like LeBron James to South beach, but you take your talents online.
1: <laughs> I take them online, but I take a year off because I'm so devastated. And wow, I didn't, I honestly, the fact that it was a year was short because yeah. I, I didn't think I would do it again. And my grandma, I love her so much. She's so sweet. She, um she lives in New York and she's, I think she's like 92 now but uh she's always, every time she sees me or talks to me she's like so do you think you're ever gonna open up another studio and i'm always like no
0: <laughs> grandma no no
1: grandma but um so after i i just i needed to fall in love with it again if that makes sense like mm-hmm. i was so hurt from it the experience that i didn't want to find a new space fix it up again and then have the same thing happen or something similar happen. Right. So I just really was like, if I, if I find a spot that's already done, yes, of course I would love to have my own space, but the likelihood of that happening, uh, I don't know. So, um, I started to get, I stayed in contact with those clients that I had through Instagram. So Instagram, I think started in 2012, something around there. Mm -hmm. And, um, I didn't know that it would be such a beast later for me, but I went on it because a friend of mine was saying, you can post like your cool pictures that you take and like meaning photography, um, because it's more of a visual app. Right. And I was like, Oh, I don't know. I'll try it. And so I just, I started to build like by posting inspirational things. And that's kind of how I built on Instagram. And then through Instagram, other people like clients and friends were getting connected on there. And, and then they would ask, Hey, are you going to start your studio again? Are you going to teach classes, blah, blah, blah. So after several questions or DMS about that, I was like, well, maybe there's a way I can do this without having to, uh, have my own space. And I, I did a tour of like, I did this tour. <laughs> I just remember this right now. I haven't thought about this in years. I would rent out a space for an hour, like once a month at a different location in San Diego to kind of give a tour of San Diego to people, but to also see if I like that space to maybe commit to it longer.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that was cool. I did that for maybe like six months. And then I was just like, you know, I just... I don't want to have to bring all of my stuff each time to a location because that's the cool part about having your own space is you can do what you want with it decoration wise and have your equipment there and not have to haul it. You know, I was a, a mobile personal trainer for a few years before I had the brick and mortar. And that's why I ended up wanting to have a brick and mortar. So I didn't have to lug all my stuff around in my car anymore. So, I saw this thing about online tutoring and it was, first it was for foreign language. Like there was this app that you could use to teach foreign language. And I thought, well, if you could teach foreign language on an app, then you could probably teach dance or yoga on an app because why not? And at the same time, I started working for this company that was doing online fitness training on um, it wasn't YouTube but they had some of their videos on YouTube so it was a company that people would pay a certain subscription and then you would get access to certain videos so I was a trainer for that company I did yoga and I taught um, boot camp classes and so you know as I'm thinking of course as a kid that whole like how can I make this profitable type of thing I've had a business before I've had a studio I could do this too like on my own of course it'd be different but so then I started thinking about it in that sense and I was like well let me research places that have or apps that have online because there was always YouTube but there wasn't I don't know there wasn't a way unless you were like had a million subscribers you weren't making money off of it necessarily like you couldn't profit off of it um so and then what, I found. What, what
0: year are we in right now?
1: This is st- like still 2013.
0: Okay, so 2013 that's like what...
1: was like a long year for me. Okay, <laughs> it was a lot that well, I'm I'm just thinking that's that's also like that's that's
0: well before this like big proliferation <laughs> of online accessible right. uh, training yeah. videos, right? Yeah. It seems like now you know there's whether it's like Peloton or ClassPass or. Right you know, any one of these big giant sponsors of the show, you know, there's there's a plethora of options now.
1: Yeah, so I I started doing little side jobs, like eHow, I think, is still an online platform. You know, they're free classes. Um, But there was this app called PowHow. They're not even, they don't exist anymore. They closed their doors. They closed their doors in 2015. But um, I tried it out and I was like, okay, well, I'm going to see how this online idea goes. Here's my schedule. Whoever wants to log on at this time, take class and you would pay. There was a paywall and all that. And then they would take class with me. Um, And I felt a lot of pushback because at the time, you know, people are still able to go to a studio, to a dance class. So it's like, why would I do it? online when I can Ugh, just go luxury. To class. <laughs> back in the day. Um, so I got a lot of side eye because people were just like, that's weird. Like, I don't know. They just, I could feel the, the not getting it, you know? Yeah. So I kept trying to push it because I felt like there was something there and Cause I know my schedule and I'm like, there's times when I wish I could take a class, but I might not be able to drive all the way to whatever, or it might be a weird time where no one else is awake, but that's when I want to be able to get a workout in. Right. So you have an hour be... for a class, but
0: you don't want right. 20 minutes, 20 minutes on either side of it to drive. Exactly. And then another 20 to like shower. Yeah. And whatever. So you don't have, you don't have two hours. You have one hour.
1: Right. <laughs> So I kept pushing it because I felt like there was something there. Um, And it was kind of in and out. So because I was teaching at actual locations as well, you know, of course, it kind of became like side project because it wasn't as appealing to people as it is, for example, now where, you know, people can't go anywhere except for their homes
0: right. <laughs> appealing or <laughs> wah, wah. the only it's like the only show in town essentially right now.
1: yeah yeah
0: so basically you continued to kind of build this thing up and and start to do more and more online classes you were also doing more of a or had kind of a a day job here at some point where mm-hmm. you, because you you still actually currently, right? You teach yeah, at, yeah. at our local community colleges and, and and teach dance. And is there a special type of dance or is that, uh, is, that, is that also a mix?
1: I focus in jazz dance. So oh. do you know who um, Bob Fosse is?
0: I do not know who Bob Fosse is. <laughs>
1: so, <laughs> Should I know who Bob Fosse uh, is? Well, no, the, yeah, unless you're in dance, you probably wouldn't know, but there was an FX show based on him recently or maybe a year ago. And so mainstream, he became a little bit more mainstream for people. So people were like, oh, now I know who Bob Bossy is. But that's like one of my favorite jazz icons. Um, But So I teach jazz at the colleges and then, you know, like yoga and fitness classes as well. But I do, I mean, I trained in tap, jazz, ballet, modern, hip hop. Like those are all,
0: yeah, you can do it all.
1: <laughs> you said it, not me. <laughs> yeah, uh,
0: but so I, I think we we want to focus today on more of the the online aspect of things because right. I know you you are a, a very a talented uh, woman who has uh, talents like all over the place, and I feel like we could fill up hours and hours of this show with you know <laughs> if, if we spent a, a, a real amount of time on each one of the talents. But I wanna get to basically what you saw, how you saw 2020 going as of February.
1: So 2020, I was really excited because I had my first yoga retreat planned and it was gonna happen next week.
0: And uh spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. I'm gonna guess it's not happening. It's not
1: happening, right? (laughs) I was so excited. This has been on my vision board for I don't even know how many years. And um we were talking about it last year, myself and a few. Um there was another trainer and then two ladies who kind of run the retreat type of business and then the actual retreat like the location and it was in italy and that's like i've always wanted to go back to italy and so um we were pushing it pushing it pushing it and then it started to become you know in the news that like italy Italy was hit really hard right yeah. so Italy was, was like the
0: ep- like one of it was like the European epicenter yeah of COVID.
1: so before it even became like really crazy here we were already like I don't know if this is gonna happen and you know as a business owner you know how that goes with investing and all of that yeah. <laughs>
0: I, th- I feel like this is another one of those times when you are laughing a lot, uh, but it wasn't the pain, always the right, But it, yeah, it wasn't yeah. always laughter yet. Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah,
1: right. Yeah. So that was a that was probably the the big focus of this year was was having that retreat take place, and so that not happening kind of flipped us all over, and. So without getting
0: too much into what actually did happen, Mm -hmm. still still focusing on what we thought was going to happen, right? uh, So you had the retreat planned, and did you have it booked out yet, or was it still on the board on the vision board?
1: It was literally like right about to be. Right, yeah, we were like about to buy our tickets. We had already um, secured the deposit on the location, like the resort. So Mm -hmm. there was that, but. Um, you know, we were getting people to register and I knew that if I hadn't bought my ticket, my plane ticket yet, that it wasn't quite real, even though there was, you know, money put down, but, um, it was like a week before we were going to buy our tickets, our plane tickets.
0: And then out, so i, th- I think I have, a, I have a good idea of the of the yoga retreat plans then what about on the uh, for the online aspect of your business how did you see that going in terms of what types of classes you were offering the you know was it going to be a, a large portion of of your focus for 2020 how did you see that growing over the course of the year
1: it's weird because i was actually teaching more in-person classes. So I was kind of, my focus was being pulled and I wanted to focus more on my online stuff, but because I knew that I had other gigs, I hate that word, but you know, I had other
0: yeah. locations Other, where other I was, irons in the fire.
1: Yeah. So I wasn't really stressing it too much, mm-hmm. but knowing that I wanted to focus on it more. Um, So this it's strange, but this whole thing was kind of like this kick in the ass for me to be like, hey, focus on your thing, because isn't that what you want to focus on? (laughs) Like you're making money for other people, which is great, but you're also like not putting as much energy into your thing, which is what you were doing.
0: Yeah, I feel like that's a relatively common story. Theme for entrepreneurs who had something had some semblance of security, and then and then for whatever reason, whatever life event, you know, whatever circumstances, that security blanket was pulled off, and then it was like, okay, well, now I need to find some other way, and to whether it's just like mostly just make money, right? uh, Because that security blanket is gone. That's kind of the to borrow your term a kick in the pants that is needed <laughs> to sometimes go out on your own and like venture off and cr- and and truly be the impetus the the catalyst yeah. to starting to starting your own thing and putting in the effort that it does require to actually succeed.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: So with that in mind, let's go ahead and move on to our mid COVID set. But before we do that, as always, it's time for our guest's unsponsor of the show. The unsponsor is an awesome product created by awesome people that our listeners should support if they can, if they if they are so interested. If you do a good enough job of selling it, Lisa. <laughs> ah.
1: Oh, the and pressure. Then,
0: yes. And then, of course, the key to the unsponsor is this is uh, unsponsored, meaning the person that we are or the, the the companies that we are supporting in this segment have no idea that we're supporting them. <laughs> because uh that's what i wish someone would just do for my small business right so, with that in mind who is today's show not brought to us by <laughs>
1: um the unsponsor would be perfumed profanities she makes candles just like it sounds um the candles are scented with the names of profanities so um i'm going to give an example of a, a candle name right now it's Yes, earmuffs. That's okay. Okay, earmuffs. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Um, Shit show sugar cookie is my favorite. (laughs) It smells like sugar cookies. Uh, Her Instagram is perfumedprofanities underscore candles, and she's located in Long Beach and hand makes them herself. So and you you can find her
0: perfumed profanities pretty easy. I found her one one click Google uh, or or Duck or whatever you want. Uh, nice. And yeah. And yeah. then perfumed profanities on Facebook and she has an Etsy and I'm looking at one here. You, you you say it. What's the one that you that you just bought for your friend?
1: Oh, the one I bought for my friend was fuck off, I'm getting married.
0: <laughs> yep. And it says... Uh, and it smells like their, roses. Their, 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 t- their tagline is when life needs a little whiff of profanity, which is beautiful.
1: Yeah, it's great.
0: Okay, so we are going to move on now to our mid-Covid set. So, with that in mind, let's uh, let's go ahead and time travel back to March and back to the the time of of both laughter and and tears. This was, <laughs> I would assume, more more emphasis on the tears. So, you had a trip plan to Italy. You were right. and let's see, you had a trip plan to Italy, and you were doing mostly in in person uh, lessons or, mm-hmm. or classes, mm-hmm. but you did have an established way to teach online. Right. So, when did you? I, I guess just walk me through your march in terms of your realizations and kind of your timeline of of cancellations and and uh, the impacts of that yeah. one month on your businesses.
1: So when I started to realize slowly that this was really what was happening. (laughs) Um, I was mid semester with my students at two schools and we kind of had as teachers had to go into hyperdrive. So I didn't really have a chance to sit down and get sad or think about it because I had to hold it together for my students who I'm sure were going through all kinds of things and um as the representative of their class you know I have to make sure that they're all okay and so we transitioned like I I taught a class on Saturday and got an email the Friday before that was saying starting on Monday all of our college classes are going to be online so I knew it was serious when that happened um I then had to go into hyperdrive and come up with. I mean, luckily I'd already had a space where I could teach because I created it for my online stuff, but really wasn't using it so much. And so I had a space where I could teach my classes from home. Um, I was meeting with them every couple of, you know, every few days throughout the week and really just making sure that they felt that they had support and if they had questions that they could reach me and so email and internet was just crazy I'm, everybody knows that but so I kind of in that just like hyper drive mode was thinking okay well if the colleges can transition that fast online and it feels like a pretty smooth trend for me I'm I know people who didn't have a very smooth transition but it felt like a very smooth transition for me then I can see if maybe people are more open-minded to having these classes that i've been talking about being online be online right so i just kind of went with it
0: yeah i mean just from listening to the story it sounds like you know there's the the malcolm gladwell story of how bill gates grew up and like he was uniquely positioned to you know because his parents were professors at university of washington and he had Mm -hmm. access to the supercomputers back before like anybody else did Uh, so mm -hmm. he was like totally uniquely positioned to become this like mega superstar that he is now yeah i feel like you in your own way are the you you like no seriously you had this this background because you because well before there were the the online class passes and pelotons of the world mm-hmm. you were doing kind of you were like the the early adopter trained in 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 doing something that sounds actually somewhat difficult which is taking something that is an inherently physical product right. like or an inherently yeah physical product expression of yourself that you know is usually witnessed in person on stage and and a lot of the value as a as a viewer is being there in person yeah. and it seems like that definitely it seems like that translates to the recipient of the instruction as well because you can do the hands-on corrections. Right. But because you have that ex- that ex- that you had that experience of teaching online already, you had somewhat of a seamless transition.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. And yeah. that I think I feel like that gave you a leg up and then also because you just have this naturally entrepreneurial way of looking at things and thinking, "Hey, how can I, you know, like you were saying earlier, <laughs> how can <laughs> from a very very early age, how can I you know, profit from this. Yeah. And so, I am excited to hear kind of how you very quickly, on the one hand, like you're canceling a trip to that's been on your vision board forever, <laughs> right. and you're in a trip to, to to Italy, like the the some you know the the pinnacle thus far of your working experience. Yeah. And that is obviously like a tear jerking experience, but on the other hand, you're seeing this business opportunity. Hmm. How was that having that, like, like, were you just oscillating between, okay, I got to seize this moment. And, and then like, okay, but like, but doing it like through tears right? of, of, of but I'm also canceling my dream, but I have this giant, this right. giant opportunity.
1: I, uh, am really good at compartmentalizing. So I'm able to put that yoga retreat, sad box away for a minute and then focus on And I think all entrepreneurs feel similarly in that when they're creating, or at least for me, the creating part for me is like the really exciting part. Like that gives me an adrenaline high. So when I'm creating something, a new product or just even adding info onto my website or editing things, like that's what gets me excited. So I would try to find the balance like of, okay, well, this is a real bummer that this is not happening anymore, but let me see what creative juices I can try to push into you know, making this somehow be a positive. Um, so yeah, I just tried to use the outlets that I had. Uh, I follow a lot of really business savvy people on Instagram and I've been doing that for a long time and I think that that's helpful. So I know that social media is free. You can use that. I mean, you can pay for ads too, but for the most part, if you're doing, you know, if you're putting out content, that's all free and you can get a lot of exposure that way. YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Facebook business pages, Twitter, all of that. So when I'm on social media, I'm not really on social media as like fun time. Every time I'm on, I'm on as business person. And it's like, I'm trying to share more info about either my online studio or how they can take classes with me or how they can train with me. And, and then people will inquire, which is the amazing part about social media.
0: Right. You, you see it and you want to touch it and you do. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially. Right. You, yeah. You, yeah. You are able to, to reach out in ways that prior to social media were borderline impossible. You go through an agent or you call a right. yellow pages or whatever. And it's like, yeah, I, yeah. I like what she's doing hey, can you teach me how to do that?
1: Yeah, right.
0: And so you are already had the infrastructure in place to capitalize on those questions, basically on, the, on those inquiries from potential uh, clients or mm-hmm. students. Mm-hmm. Did you start to see an uptick immediately in terms of people requesting your your uh, expertise in a professional way?
1: I feel like I did only because I started marketing it more like i it sounds i feel like it sounds so bad to say that i saw this and i thought for me when i'm feeling bad the best thing that i can do is move and even if I don't want to, right? Like if I want, if, if I'm not feeling oh, like- That is I'm, so
0: true. Everyone you know? feels that way. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> even if it's going for a walk and you, right. you don't necessarily maybe want to get up or do a workout, but the minute you do and then you're finished, you're like, oh man, I feel so much better, you know? And mm-hmm. so I I instantly thought of that because I, I know how it is too. And I just kind of kept- talking about it and then people would inquire and they would say hey you know I want to take this class how do I do it and for the first I think for May um, I did like a five dollar a class thing and it wasn't even a promotion it was just like I wanted people to move and I knew that people maybe had lost jobs or didn't have a lot of extra you wanted, income
0: yeah you wanted it to be accessible I just
1: wanted yeah I wanted to help people out and have them be able to feel good still because I mean it, it's real easy to <laughs> just turn on the news and grab a bag of chips and not get up and just be like you know yeah So I was trying to help to
0: just sink into it
1: right yeah which is you know I kind of feel like I ended up doing that in June but that's another story I just because I what because I had gone from,
0: well, that's another chapter in this story. Right?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) So, so you started to see more. You started to get more inquiries. Uh, Can you share with us, like, a a, in a general sense, like a percentage increase month over month, or it kind of just a. a...
1: Um. hmm, Let me think. From, because I really was doing the in-studio stuff through i guess beginning of march and then school flipped to online and then i think it might have been like mid-march i started to push the online my online stuff
0: yeah and that and, that's really early, really really early. That was when we were all still holding out hope for like right.
1: I just I, oh
0: we'll just quarantine for two weeks and everything will be oh okay. My. and I'm saying this like twenty weeks later.
1: I know and I think it's because as as a college teacher, I knew I'd never in my teaching career had classes shut down or have to go online. So I knew that it was bad and i think knowing that made me realize that this is not going to be a short t- like we're not going to be coming back on campus before the semester is over we're we're going to be off campus until the semester is over potentially through the summer and then now through fall so it's like because i knew that i think i knew that that was a a kind of point where i could jump in and try to add more classes so that people wow. could, I don't know. I was just I trying
0: like to. I'm, I'm so impressed. I feel like that was so perceptive because that, like, A, I think that puts you in, like, the, the r- real extreme minority of people who saw the severity of the situation that yeah. early on. And I think from a pro- professional standpoint, it gave you a leg up on competition because you were willing. You knew that that investment would pay dividends down the line, Right. That, whereas others were kind of holding out hope that, Hey, maybe our studio, we don't need to, we don't need to invest in that infrastructure because our studio will open again in two weeks.
1: Right. Yeah. And I've like work for, um, as an independent contractor at certain studios and, um, they were having to close. And so, you know, it's just, so I feel for the for the the studio owners who are having to close or maybe even having to close permanently because I yeah. totally know how that feels and how <laughs> heartbreaking it is. Right? Yeah. So I get it. I have um, a friend who just opened up a studio several months ago. Gorgeous space and and now it's like what going to happen to the space yeah like it was, I mean, built, it was just absolutely
0: you know? life altering because right if you if you especially if you just open something in march right and you'd been let's say you've been you know putting all this time and effort and, and money into it Ugh. for the months leading up to it that means yeah. you didn't qualify for the ppp either uh, so it's like just a double whammy you don't get government funding but you're also not allowed to be open as right mandated by Gah. that government so you're, yeah. you're kind of that loophole in a very very bad way, yeah. Right, yeah, the, you're the the blind spot in that program. Yeah. So, so in percentage, terms of, the, I mean, I don't know. I yeah. would
1: say like maybe fifty percent,
0: fifty percent increase. Yeah. Since the beginning, or was that in, was that in those first little bit?
1: That's since uh, February. So okay, because because I wasn't focusing on it as much because mm-hmm. I was doing all of the in person other studio classes. Um, Yeah. And then, you know, really pushing it harder in March. And then when I realized that it was going to be more of a permanent thing that we were going to be quarantined and then things were going to be closing down, um, pushing it even harder in April, May.
0: Right. So then moving on into June and now, you know, July and uh, August. Okay. Yeah. This thing will just, (laughs) the, the rest of the world is going back to normal and we're just like, slogging our way through We this. can't get it
1: together. <laughs>
0: no, we can't. <laughs> Wear a mask. Right. so Take a take a take a kick ass dance class online.
1: Yeah. It's y- really I fine. mean I get it. People love vibing off of other people and but you can still vibe off of people on um on I mean, when I take class I'm looking at the instructor. Like I'm not really, you know. But there are other people who are logged on with you if you need to feel like you're not alone <laughs> taking a class Ooh. that you can vibe off of if you need like the,
0: to. The, the, mon- the mantra of this of this podcast, you are not alone.
1: Right, yeah, yeah.
0: So-, so have Sorry, you said f-
1: June. What about June, July?
0: Oh, just moving. So mo- moving forward, basically. Wh- how do you see your business continuing to evolve? And you know, I thought people are- Really coming to terms with the fact, that, like we are not getting better at this.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, are
0: you starting to see more people lately kind of come on and to to use your classes? And I'm also curious. Oh, here I go again. I'm always adding on more <laughs> questions on top of questions that are unrelated. I, I want to know it. where you're getting your customers or your, where you're getting your students from. Are they are they all in San Diego? Are they starting to come more from online?
1: I it's weird either one of those questions Okay. (laughs) (laughs) or any of those questions so um, what I'm hoping will happen moving forward is uh, I've, I've been doing the online classes and I've been building my video on demand library because I I had an instance with myself where I felt like maybe I wasn't a strong enough dancer to take this one particular class and online and um, I was like, oh my God, everybody else in the class is gonna be like, cause I took June off. That was probably where the you know, COVID depression came in and I just didn't wanna do anything. I had like a couple of classes a week that I was teaching but it wasn't nearly as, as busy as during the semester because the semester was so intense that um, I think the feels hit me then because the semester was over my students were good. Their grades were submitted. You know, I took care of them. And then I was like, Oh my God. (laughs) Then I was realizing like how crazy everything was. Yeah. Um, so that was,
0: that was July for me. Was it? Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. 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 You were saying so June, that was June. And, um, I didn't work out aside from the couple of classes a week that I taught And because I usually try to get my own workout too on top of the classes that I teach just to feel good for myself. And um, there was this class that I wanted to take and I thought that I wasn't ready yet. And so I I almost didn't take it because I didn't want to be on the screen or have like everybody also see me. So then I started to think as a client, if I have people that are feeling that way too, I want them to still feel like they can have access to me and train with me, but maybe they can do it whenever they want to. So it's a video on demand where they can work out. You know, maybe they get off of work at 2 a.m. They can put the-
0: And they want to wanna Log dance.
1: in, right, they can log on, exercise with me. There's me talking them through and all of that and they don't have to worry about anybody else seeing them or being intimidated. And then maybe after a month, like like what had happened to me, after a month, I feel like, okay, this is fine if I take this class with this person live in person, but on on um, like a virtual class yeah. instead. Yeah. So I'm moving forward with that video on demand. And then um, you had said something that I was going to answer. And I now I forgot what that one was. What was your oh, second boy. question? I, I'm always forgetting. Or what questions. was your third question? <laughs>
0: I, I think that my question was about where you're getting your, your students oh, from. yes. Okay, so. Geographically and then also. Um, how? <laughs> and yeah. then also how, yes. So
1: geographically, I have people. A lot of them are in San Diego just because I've made connections with a lot of studios in San Diego. Um, and then I have people on the East Coast, too, who are taking my class. Either they somehow ended up transitioning over that way and that's how they know me, or they just happen to follow me on social media and registered for a class. Um, Social media has been amazing. That's how I find a lot of my clients. And if it's not me actually making connections with them in person at a studio that I teach at, it's been through online, Instagram mostly.
0: Oh, well, it's good to hear that social media is doing someone something something, something good, good in this world. <laughs> oh boy! Yeah, yeah. So, as we kind of move to to wrap up the show, what is a what is the best case scenario for you as you look forward? Like, what is on your to what is on your vision board moving forward for the next six to twelve months? I suppose.
1: My vision board. Um,
0: Just in terms of like, you know, uh, new, I would say customer acquisition, but student acquisition, you know, growing, growing your business. Because I think that at least in the US, like this is not going to end anytime soon. Right. And and so how do you see things continuing to grow for you? And also, do you see, I did it again. (laughs) <laughs> how do you see how how do you see things continuing to grow for you? And do you think that there that that growth will continue when things begin to reopen again?
1: I okay, so first part, um, I am hoping that people stay open minded and try new things during this time. I know It's like there's so many things that people are trying to figure out. And a lot of stuff I feel like is on hold for a lot of people. I feel like it's a good time. Experiment sounds like a bad word, but I feel like it's a good time to try new things. I guess experiment. Yeah. Yeah. Because why not? Like what, you know? So um, maybe try that class that's online that you didn't think would work or, or be fun. Um, I've been having fun online, like taking classes, learning new things. Um, if you are a person like myself where you're constantly thinking of new ideas or products or things to like invent, use this time now to do that. Like you can, you can learn so much on youtube on like the internet you know right Um, so the internet
0: the internet doesn't have to just be like a a faucet on full blast of negativity right there's there's actually a lot of knowledge and things to be learned and and self-improvement to be done if you if you want to
1: right if you're if you're able to focus right yeah yeah so i would i would just suggest that like really take this time to learn something new or push whatever it is you've been wanting to create if there's something that you've been wanting to create and you then, mean like a
0: podcast about the real sides of yeah entrepreneurship?
1: like a podcast hello like that's, that would be great um and then oh man what was your other question i was gonna answer that one oh too, this, I forgot. this time i lost
0: it <laughs> uh, i'm out of i'm out of here he this time said, but you oh, know what I do? I, I do remember. have another question though, and yes. it's because and it's going to be our, our last question. Okay, and that is because we like to end this show. I, the royal we we like to end this show. <laughs> me and my editing staff and production team we like to end this show on a positive note. So you and I were discussing before we started the recording, basically one of kind of the the ancillary like the the side effects. Of in, a very positive side effect of of this, and and that was kind of how people are treating each other. Mm.
1: Talk, yeah, t- uh, yeah. Just tell me, tell me about that. Tell me,
0: yeah, <laughs> tell tell me more about how you about about what about what you were you were telling me earlier. Just a little bit when I when I said pause, we got to save this for we got to right, save right. this for the real yeah. deal.
1: So, um, you know, I feel like there's a lot of everyone's doing their best and i feel like people would say that before but not necessarily understand it and now we're all really getting it like you know i mean even with tv shows that we see now they're doing it from home so if there's if someone randomly walks by in the background where things might have been like unprofessional seeming it's like this is our reality and everyone's a little bit more forgiving now which i think is awesome because that allows us to really understand how human we are <laughs> i think we forget sometimes especially when we're doing so many things and like as business people we're like you know you have to you got to do this you got to do that you got to do this you're the the person that's creating all of, you have of a, these like, things. Like a,
0: like, like a veil of perfection.
1: Right, almost. yeah. And so, you know, now we're all kind of realizing like, wow, we really are human. There's more humanity that's, um, that's taking place. Uh, you know, I mean, you can, if you look at the news, there's stuff everywhere all the time. But what I've been seeing and experiencing is that people are a little bit more understanding and patient and i think that that's really cool i think that's really beautiful
0: i totally agree and i feel like you were just narrating my my day to day thoughts there uh, <laughs> when, when i'm when i'm in a positive space and i right, think that you're right. right i think that yeah people are generally more forgiving and understanding and you know you can be a ceo of some you know some big company and you're still going to have like your kids tugging at your, right. you know, at your feet during your zoom call or like the dogs barking and like people just get it i know that when yeah. i'm making sales calls it's like it's actually easier now to connect with people, yeah, because we have these this big shared experience and so yeah, it's kind and of I'm glass glass half full of way looking at a at a disaster
1: right, yeah, but I'm hopefully totally that sticks cool around with seeing uh i'm I'm fine with being on a zoom meeting if I get to see somebody's dogs in the background <laughs> that makes it totally worth it for me, so yeah <laughs>
0: That happens uh, probably three or four times a day. I'll be on a call <laughs> and I'll have to be like, I'm so sorry. That's my dog. <laughs> the, the UPS guy just came here. My dogs uh, are freaking out. That's funny. Um, Lisa, I I loved having you on the show because th- we, we needed a COVID win. We needed someone who actually <laughs> had, a, had a positive story and wasn't just seeing business, you know, go down the toilet. Yeah. Uh, refreshing. And I know I'm actually going to look up... Is, Can can I take your class? Oh my God, yes. You totally can. Are total like uncoordinated noobs allowed to to take your class?
1: It's all levels, co-ed, yeah. Everybody's welcome to the party.
0: All right, and i'm I'm gonna I'm gonna tell my sister about you too. She actually just graduated with a, a with one of those dan- those fancy dance degrees oh, yay, into yeah. a world that doesn't really want in person dance. So
1: oh, but there's virtual dance now. So yes, she can, I know. Yeah, I
0: know. Yep. I'm, I'm gonna tell her. Yeah. Uh, she she actually coordinated uh my our my wife and my first dance. Oh. And, and she and and she made it very. She choreographed it to be very forgiving. That's awesome. Is what she said.
1: (laughs) Oh, that's very cool. Well, now I want to see that video.
0: (laughs) I can share that with you.
1: Yes, that'd be awesome. We'll
0: share that in uh, less of a public forum. (laughs) All right. Uh, Lisa, thanks so much for being on the show. Loved having you. You too. Thank you. Lisa, I almost forgot. Where can people find you?
1: My website is themixtechnique.com. And I'm on IG, Instagram at The Mix Technique and also on Facebook at The Mix Technique and Twitter at The Mix Technique.
0: <laughs> Ooh, uh, big surprise on that last one. Okay, so Woo! at The Mix Technique on everything basically. Yep. All right, fantastic. <laughs> Go find it right now. Thanks, Lisa.
1: Yay, thank you.
0: Thank you to Lisa Green, college professor of dance and solopreneur, owner, operator of The Mix Technique, which you can find at themixtechnique.com. My unsponsor of the day is Real Paper Co. That's R-E-E-L. Made from eco-friendly bamboo sourced sustainably. You can get your toilet paper delivered straight to your door, preferably before you need it. By purchasing Real, you are supporting their mission to provide access to clean toilets to those in need around the world, while also giving American households a way to reduce their carbon footprint. Win-win. Check out smallbizgoneviral.com for all episodes and updates, see our past guests and suggest future ones, and more importantly, send me ideas for future unsponsors. Thank you to Peggy Bunker and the Bunkmates for the music. Christine at Pasty Design for the weekly last-minute, stressful help-creating episode graphics and updating the website, Worldometer, NPR, Robin Hood snack, and Morning Brew daily news emails, and a little search engine called Google. Someday this will all be over. Until then, stay safe, stay socially distant, be kind, and wear a freaking mask. From an office with a window in North Pacific Beach, recorded and edited way before and way, way after work hours. Seriously, it's midnight. This is Small Days Gone Viral. Thanks for sticking around. We're back with our four question lightning round. Let's get to it. Number one, what is your least favorite question about your business to receive at a party and why?
1: Uh, It's usually when people say, what do I do to lose this? And then they grab something like their gut or (laughs) their thighs. Oh, no. (laughs) And um, why? Because it's very individual. One, so that would be a long explanation because I need to know like what they're eating, what their exercise habits are, what their heredity is like background. And two, because I'm at a party and it's like, I'm not working.
0: <laughs> right. If you want so. fitness or nutrition counseling, become a client and pay for yeah, it.
1: Yeah. And pay all for right. it, man.
0: Lightning round. Question number two What are some common misconceptions about your business?
1: Um, that it's just like super fun because I get to dance all the time. And, you know, but I really get sore and have to motivate myself also.
0: So, <laughs> number three, what is your least favorite part about being an entrepreneur?
1: Uh, the least favorite is having to do everything myself, but it's weird because that's also my favorite part. (laughs) You
0: beat me to it. I was just going to say, so we always end the show on a positive. What is your your favorite part about being an entrepreneur? My favorite part
1: is that I'm the boss. So I get to, I get to do what I want with my business. (laughs) Oh, I I might even edit that
0: just so that it just, it it ends with you just saying, uh, I'm the boss.
1: I'm the boss.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The first part of that sentence.
1: Yeah. Favorite part
0: about being an entrepreneur. I'm the boss.
1: I'm
0: the boss. Yep, that's it. We're going to end on that. Just say say it one more time.
1: I'm the boss.